Hi everyone, welcome to this M2 Detail Talk. Our speaker today is Zen Liu. And in this presentation, he will be talking about uh, the Auto 3D project um, that comes with a Python package for generating optimized conformers and calculating uh, the energy. A bit about the speaker before we start. Zen Liu is a PhD candidate at the ISAF lab at Carnegie Mellon University, specialized in machine learning and molecule. Prior to joining CMU, um, he was an experimental chemist at Lanzhou University, where he obtained his bachelor degree in chemistry with presidential honors and focused on computational chemistry after joining CMU. His current research applied machine learning technique to discover molecule, molecular and reaction properties, and that are hard to obtain with other type of method. Thank you so much, Azeliu, for accepting our invitation today and looking forward to the talk. Thank you. Thank you for the kind introduction and the, um, and the uh, opportunity to present our work. So yeah, hi everyone, I'm Zhen Liu. Feel free also call me Jack. Today I'm going to present Auto3D, which is a Python package that uses neural network potentials for low energy 3D conformal generation and reaction prediction. Uh, just a note before we start, uh, if you have any quick questions, feel free to stop me. And, uh, but for complex questions, we can discuss after the presentation. I also know that my internet is a little bit lagging. So if you hear my voice is lagging, let me know. I try to turn off the video to make the signals more stable. Okay, I'm going to start. So today I'm going to talk about a little background about the demand and the challenge to get 3D structures, the development of neural network potentials, aka NMPs in our lab. Then I'm going to overview the Auth3D package and some benchmarking results about Auth3D. Finally, I'm going to give a quick demo about Auth3D package. So, Appropriate 3D structures are very important for many applications that you know. So for uh, machine learning application in chemistry, the molecular representation and model design are the two, two keystones. So molecules can be represented in different formats and they contain different information uh, such as 1D information, 2D information, 3D information. And the more information we encode, the representation is more expressive. And uh, they also determines what kind of models we can choose if we have a specific representation method. Well, we, we can always borrow some models from the computational com uh, scientist community. The representation of molecules has to be designed by the chemist community. So, so far, most representation methods are based on 1D or 2D structures, but 3D structures is hard to get, to get because uh, the lack of these conformers in many commercial data sets, but they are very important because high dimensional representation encodes comprehensional information. And some of them are very important for downstream applications such as the star effect. It's a key factor in SN2 reactions. It can only be included in 
kind of 3D representation. So yeah, 3D structures, you can use it for structure-based drug discovery, molecular docking, quantitative structures, property prediction, and many others. However, uncertainty in sterile chemistry is very common in public datasets. Um, so here is an example of some databases that we can collect and they are cited. So here, most duplicate molecules are removed. And this is the percentage of the chiral molecules are contained in each dataset. And you can see there are a significant number of chiral molecules with unspecified stereo centers. This is because most databases record the molecules as smells for simplicity. And when record molecules as smells, these stereo uncertainties can occur due to many reasons, such as the data mining methods, the conversion errors from one format to the other format. And these errors could accumulate for downstream applications if we do not have a way to recover the 3D information. So just to showcase what I mean by the missing stereo information in smells, here are nine smells and their visualization. So in the first column, we can see there is no information about the chiral centers such as R or S or E or Z for double bound in these uh, smells. Some smells partially specify the stereo centers. The ideal situation should be like every chiral centers, every double bound be assigned with the specific stereo information. So the goal of the, our project is just to recover these uh, missing stereo information and also the 3D structure from smells. Well, recovering 3D structures from smells is not trivial and we have limited power because let's recall the isomerism to recovering a 3D structure from smells. If, if the stereo isomer is missing, we have to go through the configurational space and the conformational space to try to recover a 3D structure. And uh, we need to enumerate all possible stereo isomers and conformers. And in theory, conformal space is infinity. So that's a huge play, huge conformal space to be searched for. However, conventional QA methods could take a few hours to optimize a single conformer for one molecule. It probably take a few days to take to consider all possible conformers for one molecule. So this is a very classic trade-off between uh, accuracy and cost for many traditional methods, uh, classic methods that we have. Say with force field, we are very fast, but the accuracy or the uncertainty, uncertainty is, is quite large. And uh, the accuracy of small molecules is not that great. If we want to get better accuracy and lower um, uncertainty, we can attempt to more expensive methods such as semi-empirical XTDs, DFT methods, or even CCSDT methods. The problem with them is that we can get accuracy better, but the computational cost is getting greater and greater. And it's to an extent that we can only apply these methods to small systems. So these days with the development of machine learning, we are having the hope that we could develop some machine learning potentials, what also called as 
neural network for potential NMPs to achieve similar accuracy as CFT methods, but at the same computational cost as force fields. So what is NMPs? So NMPs is neural network potentials. They usually takes in the conformal information of coordinates and elements and output the energies and some other properties about the molecules. It's an analog to the force field that we have, but using neural networks. So they typically have the following properties. They express the molecular energy as a summation of atomic contributions. They usually have invariant representation. So for example, in our uh, models, um, each atom is usually represented as an atom environment vector. This representation is invariant to the rotation, translation, or moving of a molecule because after these operations, a molecule is still the same molecule. Some of them could contain long-range and or, or non-local interactions in balance about the atomic environments. They're always trained to a huge electronic structure dataset from the DFT method. The dataset size could be millions. So here are some examples of MPs developed in our lab. Uh, they are any series or MNAS series. So uh, let me note that all of them are kind of mimicking the gas-based molecular energies while still, still developing the um, continuous softened phase uh, MPs. So with the development of NMPs, it's possible to build a package to do all kinds of interesting applications. And Autocity is a package built on the NMPs we have. So for Autocity basically can give you, so Autocity accept this mouse and give you the uh, 3D structures and the energies of each 3D structure. Basically it tries to search for the low energy uh, conformance of each molecule. So uh, let me go through the process briefly about Autocity. So they provide a file of molecules in the format of SMELS. Then Autocity will automatically split your task into small chunks based on the memory, computational capacity you have in your system. Then each of these jobs will go into the following uh, blue box. And each job goes to an optional Cosmo enumeration, ISMO enumeration to recover the information. So it should be noted that during this ISMO enumeration process, if the smell specifies some chiral information, uh, do you want to say something for the same? Yeah, just have a, a quick life question. So I was wondering yeah. if at the end of the workflow, you give the conformers for each totomer, if isomer, if enantiomer, or how is it like just a miss for all of them? Sorry, can you say your question again? At the end of the, the workflow, do you give the, the result for each isomers separately, or do you give kind of a general set of conformers for the original smile? So in the end, I give the lowest, the conformer with the lowest energy for each smile. For each smile. So if the smile wasn't yeah. specified at the beginning, if the 
doing instrument wasn't specified in the smile at the beginning. So it's kind of the lowest energy into uh, between two instruments. If some smell, if some information is not specified, automatically try to enumerate all possible uh, conformers and then give you the one with the lowest energy. So the final oh, yeah. speed structure always obeys the limits that are specified in the smells. Okay, perfect, thank you. Okay, so, well, the user also has other options to control the whole process. You can keep all conformers. You can also, uh, you can, you can, you have a lot of flexibility in control auto 3D, like whether do automatization, total enumeration, whether or not to do isomer enumeration, how many conformers you want to keep for each mouse. We have a lot of um, flexibility. I will talk later. Oh yeah, thanks for the great question. Um, then we fit out the enigmas. So here we are more curious about energy. And enigmas always have same, the same energy. So we filled out enigmas just to make the following process faster. So up to now, we have smiles representation of all, with all information specified. Then we go, each smiles go to these three, these two process. One is 3D building. We build all possible 3D structures, initial 3D structures for the smiles. This can be done with either Arcade or Omega. Then in parallel, we are also doing geometry optimization for all of these conformers. So the molecules are represented as three matrix. One matrix represents the coordinates, one matrix represents the elements, one matrix represents the charges. Since molecules have different sizes and the matrix has to have the same dimension, we concatenate them together. We pair the shorter molecules with some longer dummy atoms. Then we do geometry optimization on these huge matrices. So the benefit of doing so is that we can take full advantage of the GPU memory and optimize hundreds to thousands of conformers at the same time. And uh, this optimization process and 3D building process are parallel if we have multiple uh, jobs at the beginning. And after this optimization process, we for each smelt, we select the low energy conformers for each smelt because energy, the most the lower the energy, the more stable uh, conformer is, and then give you, and then we write this molecule in the SDL files as well as the energy of each conformer. So the key features of Oxid is that it's it has accurate neural network potentials. Um, it's similar to DFT theory. It's highly parallel in terms of optimization. This gives the efficiency. You can use Oxid as a Python library, run it from a command line interface or using YAML file, either way it's fine. So with that, I, yeah, go ahead. I see a question. Yeah, so um, I was wondering if the, the geometry that you optimize, how accurate are they compared to semi-empirical MDFT? Will you say that they are at the DFT level accuracy or more at the semi-empirical level accuracy? It's DFT level accuracy. And I think I will show in two slides. Great question. Okay, perfect, thank you. Okay. 
Let me move on. So uh, first thing I need to show, yeah. First thing I need to show is why do I need to do their estimate enumeration? Because is this a useful or necessary step to find a low energy configuration? Well, so we did one test. So we're giving 50 smells with at least three unspecified stereo centers. And we do two experiments. For setting one, we run all three with asthma enumeration. So in this step, in this setting one, it means if there are some stereo centers are specified in the smells, it is untouched during this process. If not, also they try to find all possible configurations. Setting two is that we just run without estimate enumeration. That means if the stereo centers is not specified, we just give a random uh, combination, like random uh, reasonable combination of the stereo centers assignment. Then we check the energy difference of these two energy settings. So each energy, each setting gives us a set of 3D conformers and their energies, then we compile the energy. So here is the uh, distribution of the energy from setting one minus setting two. You can see most of them, like 49 of them have lower energy when compiled with uh, setting one compiled with setting two. So here are two examples of B and C. So B is with isomer enumeration. This is the final 3D structure and C is the without isomer enumeration. They are from the same smells. But you see with smells, with stereo isomer enumeration, the energy is like 11 kilocalor lower than that in C. And you see we have outlier here, that uh, setting one has higher energy than setting two. This is the case in panel D. In panel D, setting one and setting two happens to find a pile of enantiomers and they have very similar energy. So this experiment just to validate the effectiveness of two to sterile isomer enumeration. Okay. So now I'm going to show how reliable is the geometry optimization with our NMPs. So we have provide three types of NMPs in our authority package, ANI, AMNET, ANI, 2XT. The first two NMPs have been well documented and validated in other publications. So now I'm going to just focus on this ANI2XT, which is relatively new. ANI2XT stands for Totmus. So this NMP is specially optimized for the performance on Totmus related tasks. So one example we do is to, the experiment is like this. We took around 3000 reference structures from this DFT method. Then we optimize these structures with ANI2X and ANI2XT respectively. And then we divide the structure optimized by these two NMPs with the original DFT structures by three matrix, root mean throughout deviation of the atomic positions, maximum torsion angle difference, mean bound difference. So here are the plots. So here, this is the distribution of RMSD. You can see first ANI2XT gives very similar performance with ANI2X which is expected. So because ANI2X is well validated, so we can say ANI2XT is at least as, as trustworthy as ANI2X. Then uh, here is the distribution of torsion angle difference also here. 
So to give you a sense of how good or bad these metrics are, we plot two examples here. So here, this is, let me focus on this. So here, this is an overlay of DFT structure and the NMP structure. The yellow one is from NMP, I believe, and the, the other one is from, uh, is from DFT. So it, here is the overlay between DFT and Anitrix. Here is the overlay between DFT and Anitrix C. The RMSC is about 0.13 angstrom, and they are very similar. So what we observe is that if the RMSC is below 0.2 angstrom, the two structures are almost identical. So torch angle naturally has larger um, magnitude compared with the RMSC, but within like 20 degrees, it's also very similar. So back to the histogram distribution, you can see indeed all structures are very similar to the DFT structures in terms of RMSD and uh, torsion angles. Okay, I see a question in the chat. Okay. Sorry, I cannot open the chat uh, window. If it is a collaborative question, feel free to unmute yourself. If not, I yeah. will reserve it for later. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, hello, uh, I just want to check like, if the RMSD is mass weighted, like, or it's simply the geometry RMSD. It, it's simply mass geometry RMSD. Okay, I see, thank you. Yeah, okay. So in terms of geometry optimization, Anitrex is similar as previous Anitrex. Now we check the energy of Totemus, which is Anitrex specially trained for. So this task, we're trying to uh, do the Totemaric reaction energy. So let me define Totemaric, Totemaric reaction. It is defined as the conversion as two ground state Totemus R and P reactant product. So here is one example of enol and ketone. And the totomeric reaction energy is defined as the energy difference between the product and the reactant. And they all use electronic energy here. So the experiment we have like about 1.5 thousand totomeric reactions, and they're all from the DFT1 structures. So with these structures, we use different six different methods to calculate the, the tautomeric reaction energy. Uh, DFT1 means this method, DFT2, this method, CCLDT represent this method, and two MPs that we have. So, so this heat map basically represents how far one method is from the other method. Let's focus on the last row, compare every method with CCSD method. CCSD is coupled cluster method. It is sometimes considered as the gold standard in computational chemistry, but it's just too expensive. So let's use this one as the reference and compare all other methods. So the previous Anitrex, the mean absolute error of tautomeric energy is like 4.3 kicker per mole. Anitrex T reduces to 2.5, almost half. And uh, we can see that Anitrex T, this 
very similar performance with this DFT one method when we're using when we see CCDP as the um, ground truth. But note that RNA2XT is several magnitudes faster than the DFT1 method. We also note that DFT2 is also very similar to the CCSD method. And uh, here is B1973C method. So RNA2XT is trained to mimic the performance of B1973C. And you can see, indeed, they are similar. Okay, so the last example I'm going to show is from scratch. So we're going to calculate the Gibbs free energy from scratch uh, to the tautomeric reaction energy. So we're starting from 81 smalls powers, the 81 smalls powers of tautomeric reactions. Then we obtain 3D structures with auto 3D using NHXT as the optimizing engine. And then we calculate the Gibbs free energy with NHXT and B1973C respectively. And here is the definition of Gibbs free energy of these tautomeric reactions. So you can see we have very good uh, consistency with the um, DFT methods we're trying to mimic with NHXT method. The R squared value is 0.95, MA is 1.48 kcal. Okay, so we have made already uh, open source package. And since we make it public, we have received some uh, users, a wide user base from both academic labs, big farmer companies, some chemical industry, and some drug startups. So we're honored to be uh, highlighted by Pat Waters uh, uh, drug discovery conference. So here he's trying to show one example that to verify which software is more stable, it took around five hours using a DFT method. But with Auto3D, with our LMP, it's only 17 seconds. So for the remaining time of my seminar, I'm going to give a very brief uh, demonstration of Auto3D. And before doing that, I'd like to go to the acknowledgments to my advisor, Dr. Alexander Isaliev, the co-authors of this author, this paper, uh, Dr. Tatiana, Dr. Roman, and every member in the ECF group and the Rottenberg group, the host, the audience. This work was supported by the Center for Computer-Assisted Synthesized Murray Acid Computational Source. So CCAS uh, is the uh, NS NSF Center for Computer Assisted Synthesis. We are a group of organic chemists, computational chemists, and a computer scientists from different universities trying to do um, make the synthesis better with computer powers. So with that, I'm going to move on to demonstrations. So here is the GitHub homepage of Auto3D package. Um, 
basically most information are kept in this repository. So you can install Auth3D using either pip or Anaconda. Either way, it's fine. Um, okay. In the end, we provide a table to explain each parameters in this program. So uh, there are about 20 parameters and they really provide a lot of flexibility for the users. So for example, the key parameter tells you to tells Auth3D to keep the top key structures for each mouse. Uh, the top window parameters tells the Auth3D to keep structures whose energy are within the uh, window kick up a move from the lowest energy. So only one of one of key or window should be specified in your computation. Uh, you can also choose to enumerate a totemer or not. Which program do you want to use to enumerate totemers? How to enumerate the uh, isomer, either using Articate or Omega, which you can use the optimizing engine to specify which NP do you want to do this optimization. You can choose any tracks, any tracks T or MNAS, whether to use GPU, etc. Okay. So I'm going to show two examples. The first example is the most, most specific usage of Auth3D to get the optimized conformance and energies. The second example is to get the relative stability of totemers. So, so hey, yeah. Hey, Jack, do you mind uh, zooming a uh, bit? Do you yeah. mind zooming a bit on the, on the page? Thank you. Oh, sure, let me do that. Is this that's perfect? That's visible. Perfect. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. Okay, you're welcome. So, to do to get the optimizing to get the optimized conformers and the energies, we need to import Auth3D package, and it only involves two functions the options and the main functions. The options is a function that takes in all user specified parameters, as I showed in the previous. Tab uh, and then it returns returns arguments for the main function. The main function just accepts the arguments from the options function and then actually runs the auth3d modules. And uh, literally, it involves only five lines to get your low energy to the structures with this uh, to get three structures with auth3d. So here is example. You have to specify this first line if name equals the main because Australia uses multi-processing and you have to use it so that uh, the program runs correctly. So first you give a path to your smells file. Basically it just smells of the molecules and IDs for the molecules. The IDs, I need to note that, that the IDs cannot contain any underscores because it is used as a special fact uh, character in Auth3D. Then basically you specify any options that you want Auth3D to use. The path, k equals one, 
means I only want one uh, low energy conform of each smells. I don't have a GPU here on my desktop, so I specifically use GPU equals to false. And all other parameters I'm using the, the default parameters. And by default, I'm using RDKit for enumerate the sterile isomers. I'm using AMNAS to do geometry optimization. Then you pass these arguments to the main function, then you get the output. So it takes five, five lines of code. If we run them, then all three will give you some uh, print out to check the process. First, they check the input smells, give you some suggestions for choosing ISMA engine or optimizing engine, some information about the system and the task and some process. So here I have four smells. Uh, yeah, I have four smells in the input. It took about less than one minute to do the whole process, like enumerating these conformers, which I have certain conformers, and I optimizing them until converge. So it took less than one minute. So I put one figure here to demonstrate what the key pattern means. So for say you have a smells as input, you can optionally enumerate the totmers. And for each totmer, you can optionally enumerate the stereo isomers. And for each sterile isomer, you have a lot of conformers. And basically it's taught this K parameter specifies how many conformers you want to keep for each of these totmers. Yeah, that's how to run all city in this uh, as a Python library. You can also run the same job in a command line interface or run with a YAML file. To run on the command line interface after installation, just uh, give uh, autocd.py and then your input path and any other parameters. Uh, you can also specify all these parameters in this YAML file. So now you just need to run uh, autocd.py and specify all your parameters in this YAML file. Oh, I saw questions. Yes, there's a few question. Uh, okay, one question is, by uh, Vladimir was which parameter can be tuned to speed up the the compute the computation. So the most relevant parameters. For, for the speed is the, uh, is this an enumerated isomers or not? And the patient's parameter. So the enumerated isomers, you can imagine if you enumerate isomers, your final number of conformers will be increased exponentially. If you have enumerated two, several centers you have two, if you enumerate two, like you have two, like it's two to the n, and n is the number of your zero centers and specifies zero centers. This has a huge impact. The other one is the patient factor, patient parameter here. So let me go to patients. Patients. 
So patient specifies that because we are doing geometry optimization for by default 5,000 steps and patients just observe every conformer during this optimization process. If one, if, if the patient's value is 1,000, it says if for one molecular, one conformer, the force or the energy, the force on this uh, conformer does not change or decrease for one more than 1,000 steps, then this molecule will be dropped out because it's either considered to be oscillating somewhere or something to be dropped. So this one has, has an impact on your efficiency. The smaller the value, the faster the, the speed, but you need also need to consider how much do you want to, you need to consider the balance between speed and the how many conformance you want. Actually, the more aggressive your parameter is, the better conformance in theory you can get. So far, but so far the speed is already very fast. Even I'm using the default values. I only take a few seconds to get conformance for four smells. Okay. Okay, I see. There are other questions. Are there any difference bias in results depending if you're using articate or omega for the pre-processing? So the major articate and omega has their advantages and disadvantages. First, articate is open source and free everyone can use. Omega is not. For Tautama innovation, I find that Articate, personally, I find Articate is more helpful to do Tautama enumeration. But for Isma enumeration, Omega tends to do better. Omega could do, Omega to do, to do better in Isma enumeration. Articate could give some artifacts during Isma enumeration. So in Autosity, you can specify polymer immersion or isomer immersion separately. So either way, this only gives you the starting point. Final, the final structure you get are all optimized with MPs that you choose. So, uh, so the final energy and the final geometry are optimized as the same standard. Let me know if you have, does this answer your question? If not, just feel free to unmute and send follow-up questions. Then let me go to the second question. Oh yeah, please, Francis. Oh yes, hi. Yeah, um, my question, sorry if I'm jumping out of, of turn. I just thought I'd go ahead and ask my question, raise my hand no or whatever my question. Um, how big of molecules can you go, um, say with respect to number of atoms? Um, like, can you do, could you do like, could you generate conformers for like, say a, a, a small peptide, like an 11 mer? Uh, or is that too big? That's a great question. So the NMPs are, NMPs are trained to do uh, molecules with 20 or 30 ish heavy atoms. That's what AMPs are trained for. And that's when we do our applications in daily life, 
we and our collaborators find that the performance is actually good on large molecules. But for peptides and polymers, they are they are much different. The, the, the heavy atoms can be hundreds, even thousands. Um, I probably can run obviously on this polymer and peptides, but the results were not, it's not guaranteed. And the other thing I need to note that so far the NPs are in gas phase. So we are developing NPs for solvent to consider solvent effect. So, so far everything is in gas phase and we're using gas phase to do approximations. Okay, great. Yeah, that was my, <laughs> that was going to be one of my other follow-up <laughs> questions is, are you doing anything with various solvents, polar, nonpolar, so on and so forth? But yeah, that can be complicated. Yeah, doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hi, can I add that. something there? So Francisco, um, hey, Jack, how are you? Yeah, hey. Hey, I, let me, I pronounce you. Uh, let me add, so Ping Ling, who's uh, in my group, uh, he's a senior scientist in my group, and he's in the chat here. We, uh, we have models now with uh, implicit solvent, and we've been, you, I haven't told you Jack yet, but I just told Oles, but we've been using Auto3D to, to do the same thing, but with implicit solvation, and you do see differences, right? You do see differences in ranking and structure. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, that that that's the, that that uh, I think that answers my question. So you, you just basically validated using like QM methods. You didn't validate using MD at all. Yeah, I validated using QM. Yeah. Perfect. Um, regarding the previous slide that you were showing, I had one question. Okay. Uh huh. So. How do you explain the difference in um, reaction energy between um, the DFT1 and the DFT2 method, knowing that on the previous slide, the, uh, sorry, not, sorry, I need, I need 2S and I need 2ST, I mean, given that on the previous slide, they're having almost the same performance. I see, that's a great question. So, um, the first thing, first thing I want to say is that a slight change in the geometry has a huge impact on the energy. So here we see that both of them have very similar performance on the geometry optimization in terms of different metrics. That's necessary for either one of them to be valid, to be useful. But even in this case, you can see there are slight difference. The histogram is not exactly the same. They are slightly different. And it's hard to say which one is better than the other one. Then this slight difference could result in a difference in the energy. And you see here the difference of energy is only 2K mole. And reflecting this 2K mole in the structure optimization, it could be tiny, very tiny. Okay, I see. Okay, thank you. That's my understanding. Okay, perfect. Um, any more questions from the audience? Or yeah, because I we also lost. 
Please go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me. Yeah, I can. I can continue on this topmost one. So here. So the second, the final example, the final example I'm going to show is to get the top step tautomorph for smells. So to do that, we need one function called get stable tautomorphs. And uh, so first, let me explain the method to get stable tautomorphs. So basically, we are trying to. Uh, so basically, first we enumerate reasonable tautomers for each input smells, enumerate tautomers. And for each tautomer, we again select the top top k conformers for each tautomer. And then one additional step we do is you see in the area highlighted with the yellow part, we try to um, see, group all tautomers together and then select the top tautomers. So th this is the second selection in this yellow zone. And this one is controlled by the Totemer K parameter. And now Totemer K and K parameters could be confusing. So I just make this um, class to try to clarify some uh, questions. Yeah, that's the theory. Basically it's still based on the energy of the conformers and do a selection. And let me show an example. So here I'm trying to do an example on pseudonafil molecule. So I, in this mouse file, I only include this molecule, pseudonafil. And uh, this molecule has several different tautomers involving in this ring, such as uh, ketone formats here, and the hydrogen moving around this nitrogen and this nitrogen. So this is starting structure I have. And I'm not sure which tautomer format is more stable. So I gave these input smells to uh, Auto3D. I, again, the options function is the same as the previous uh, tutorial, uh, the input path of the file. And then here I have more parameters. So I need to enum enumerate tautomers and I use RDKit to en enumerate the tautomers. I'm using Anitxt to do optimization because Anitxt is specially designed for tautomers. And uh, the maximum conformations for each tautomer is only 10 and patience is 200 here. Because here I just want to get a very quick understanding of which tautomer has more stable conformers. So each tautomer has 10 molecular tongue conformers. It's already a kind of good representation of the stability of this tautomer. And then I pass these arguments to get stable tautomer's function and total key arguments. So I have, then I run this. And again, the first printout is the same as the conformer searching process. And in the end, I'm searching yeah, and in the end, I'm going to search in the stable tautomers based on the conformers. And the whole process takes two minutes because the seasonal molecules is a little more complex than the previous ones. So, so the final stable tautomers are stored in this SDF file. And let me visualize them for you. 
So you see, I visualize them. And uh, so these are the three topmost that I find with AutoCAD. So this one, you see this topmost one, the relative energy to itself is zero. This one is said to be most stable. The topmost two, you see the hydrogen is here. So this has a relative energy of 7.8 compared with the first one. And the third topmost, um, the visualization is a little bad here, but you can see this is the OH group and hydrogen is on the oxygen here. So the topmost three, the relative energy compared with topmost one is 12 kilocapital. So I could see, I could know which topmost format of the pseudomaple molecule is more stable in just two minutes. Again, you can run the same program using a YAML file or write in the command line interface. Uh, unit thought underscore interface.py, which can be found in the GitHub repository. And you can either specify all parameters in this YAML file, or you can specify all parameters in the command line interface. 